0: One, zero, zero, S-R-10. Let's go. Lovely, lovely, say that you It's a nice day for a white
1: wedding.
0: Here's Johnny. You be the 80s and the 90s.
2: Songs are memories, music is therapy. Hello and welcome to you, me, the 80s and the 90s. As always, I'm Wayne Sunks,
1: And I'm Emma Louise. Emma, how are you going? Oh, look, it's been a weird couple of weeks for yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> sadly, COVID literally knocked on my door.
2: Walked well, into your door. Into my and then house. walked back out again, <laughs> yes, though. You, you were right. fine.
1: Yes, one of my uh, friends that had come round, yeah, sadly had the virus. Um, luckily, I didn't though. So there you go. Vaccinations work. There were a bunch of us here. None of us uh, picked it up, which was which was good. Still had to isolate though. So that was a bit.
2: Meh. So back out of back out of isolation and back into the podcast.
1: I'm back into life.
2: Well, let's talk about some music.
1: Yes, please.
2: All right. This time we're going to look at the top five from this week in 1984 in the Aussie charts. And number five is Duran Duran, The Wild Boys. Wild <laughs> Last week, the song was at four. It was its fourth week in. It went to three in Australia, one in Canada, Germany and South Africa, and two in the UK and the US.
1: Yeah, this was when they were hugely popular.
2: Huge, with a capital H, capital U, G and D.
1: Yes, indeed. (laughs) I'm not a massive fan of the song, I must say. It just doesn't. Do it for me. I like some of their other stuff much it's, better it's than
2: this. probably in the middle for me with Duran Duran. I like mm. it, uh, but I think I like other stuff more. But I, it is a really catchy song.
1: Hmm. Mm. Okay. Is okay. it? But we were just both singing it then. Well, yeah, I was sort of making fun of it.
2: Okay, well, I was singing it because I just
1: was enjoying <laughs> it. Whoa. It was based on a novel, which I wasn't aware of, back, written back in 1971, a novel called Wild Boys. And it was because the director who directed several of their videos, um, Russell Mulcahy, Mulcahy, Mulcahy. Sorry, we talked about
2: him a few times because he did Elton's "I'm Still Standing" clip. Yes, yeah, good director, amazing director. He
1: apparently Australian. Uh, oh, really? That's yes. right. He bought the rights to the novel to to make it into a film. Yeah, and so he really wanted to do that, and I think the boys in Duran Duran wrote this song with that in mind. Yeah, um, and. However, the film never got made. Which
2: is a shame. It, would, it looks like it would have been interesting because uh, it would have been very different for the time. So the book, it has packs of adolescent humanoids who are ravaging the civilised nations of the earth. And when wholesale, wholesale slaughter erupts, the battle continues underground where the survivors evolve into the wild boys. Yeah. And so it contains themes of homosexuality as the wild boys in Burroughs' book were homosexual warriors.
1: There you go. I mean, it's not my kind of book.
2: It's not about the homosexual part. I, it,
1: I just don't like that sort of. It sounds a bit sci-fi for me. Oh, it's
2: no. I love dystopia as a genre. Do you? Yeah, mm. I, I would have been all for that.
1: That's right. You wrote that play that I was in, *Petroleum*. *Petroleum*. Years ago. Yeah, that I was, love a bit of dystopia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, they they bought out because they were so popular. They did like. Six different covers of the single, um, one a cover of each of the guys in the band on the cover, and so because they were so popular, people would literally go out and buy the single six times to collect the whole set.
2: One hundred percent, I would have done that.
1: <laughs> yes, you would. Marketing genius. That. Yes,
2: and yeah. at the time, it was the most expensive music video ever made.
1: Yeah, this confused me because I thought, what about Thriller? Or did did that come afterwards?
2: Um or unless no, this this would have just been more expensive.
1: Wow. That surprises me.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Well it was a very elaborate clip. It uh, was. Almost uh Simon Le Bon almost died while making it. Oh
1: yes. And that was just after he'd been in that boating accident as Yes, well.
2: <laughs> yes. He must have really thought water was trying to kill him, but have been scared in the shower. So in that wheel yes. that he is tied to and it kept going around. Uh, and the wheel broke down while his head was under the water. Imagine how terrifying that... I hate water. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been terrifying.
1: Yes. Oh, the poor guy. <laughs> well, I'm glad he... You know, they got him out of there, obviously. He did yes. to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, and one of the, um, the women in this video dancing, it's actually Billy Idol's girlfriend at the time and the bride in the White Wedding yes. film
2: clip. Yes, so. she was a friend of Russell Mulcahy. Yeah. And the... Uh, the song is produced by Niall Rogers from Schick, uh, the band. He was he was the hot producer of the time and we will hear more about him as the top five progresses.
1: We will indeed.
2: All right, now let's move on to number four and we have Wham! and Freedom. I
0: don't want-
2: week the song was at three it was its sixth week in it reached three in australia and the u.s one in iceland ireland norway and the uk
1: i love this song
2: it is brilliant
1: yeah it's so easy to listen to even when it comes on now i'm like yeah you yeah. got a bop
2: and i think it's a really important song in the progression of george michael
1: Well, I didn't realise he wrote this so young Like he was 19 when he wrote this song Yeah Uh, That's crazy talent
2: Yeah, and he, he is quoted as saying When I was 19 I wrote Freedom, the original version And I thought, I can't believe I've just done that I was absolutely thrilled Because until then I had no real understanding of my abilities But with Freedom I started to take myself seriously as a writer Yeah And that's an important moment for a pop artist To go, hang on I actually can do this. Yeah. And then clearly he knew what he was talking about because he went on to write some of the best songs in pop history.
1: Yes, indeed. Another one he wrote, Freedom 90. That was, that's another good song. That's one of my favourites of his. And that was about breaking free from the image that he'd created with Wham. Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So, yes, the song, this is when the band was just absolutely massive. It became their second number one in the UK singles charts. And they went to China in April 1985 and they became the first Western pop act to play a concert in that country.
0: Yes.
1: So while there's
2: absolutely nothing political about the song, footage from the trip was used to make a music video for the track, implying a more global meaning of the title.
1: Yeah, I was about to say in the music video that I was watching earlier, you see the... Chinese lady coming out and introducing and they loved Wham! Yeah! Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, imagine how amazing that would have been for the Chinese people who had just, you know, heard music but didn't get to see Western pop acts and have the first one come into the country and perform, like that would have literally made somebody's head explode.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) A big deal.
2: And so I'm going to make a correction to something I just said in the last piece because I was reading through what I wrote down about the film clip and thriller is mentioned so here we go so the video opens with about a minute of the band talking under clips of chinese people in the countryside wham was one of the biggest acts on mtv at the time but the network fearing the short attention span of their viewers wanted to cut out the intro and then it says in brackets this was before michael jackson changed the game with thriller so thriller must have come out just afterwards, afterwards. So
1: oh that makes sense yeah that makes <laughs>
2: sense. but the band's manager refused and mtv still added the full video I love when bands go, na na na.
1: And they get their way. Yeah. This was another one where their marketing people were really working hard because they also did the thing that the Duran Duran boys did. They bought out two different picture discs with this song. So one was shaped like George Michael, the other like Andrew Ridgely. And if you're a fan of Wham, you're going to get
2: both. 100%. Yeah. And particularly if you've just bought six Wild Boys, <laughs> you're <laughs> fine to buy two freedoms. Yeah. Totally. If I was, you know, an adult in the 80s, I certainly would have done that.
1: Yeah. Me too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, fantastic Wham song. Uh, we've talked about Wham quite a bit because they got so they did so much in the charts in Australia. So it's yeah. always good to talk about them.
1: Indeed. All
2: right, let's move on to number three, and we have Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen. Caribbean. Last week the song was at seven. It was its fourth week in. It reached two in Australia, six in the UK and one in Canada, New Zealand and the US.
1: This is another good song.
2: Such a good song. Yeah. When we've talked about Billy Ocean before, I always say how much I love him. Yeah. Such a great artist and just made really catchy pop songs.
1: Yes, yes. This, though, I was very surprised to learn wasn't always Caribbean
2: Queen. Which... Is such a surprise I know it. <laughs> it was originally
1: European Queen Which also fits I yeah. mean You know It's the right amount of syllables Yeah <laughs> It rhymes But um, yeah They did the European Queen version And then Released that in the UK But that went nowhere apparently So um, Ocean and his team Edited the song Changed it to Caribbean Queen And then that became a hit In the US and the UK And then there was a third version Uh, African Queen (laughs) That was made for Africa
2: Why didn't we get one? Australian Australian Queen Queen.
1: Yeah (laughs) I don't know It doesn't have the same No it doesn't But still African Queen Australian Oh yeah True Caribbean Australian Maybe he just wasn't worried about Australia I don't think he was No
2: (laughs) Well it's still charted here okay So I feel like Billy was alright
1: Yeah He did win the Grammy Award uh, For this song Best Rhythm and Blues Vocal Performance
2: Yes, and it gave him his first American number one and also hit number one on the hot R&B singles and club play billboard charts, making him the first British artist to win in the category.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it really is. You know, great artist. And also, this was Ocean's first single for Jive Records. So he was previously on GTO and Epic labels where he had a number of UK hits and a minor entry in America with Love Really Hurts Without You, another great song. Yeah. Um, And that went to number 22 in 76. But when Caribbean Queen... To one in America, it was the first chart topper for Jive in that country. So it's amazing to think that that was a very young label because then Jive went on to being the label of Britney Spears and Backstreet oh, Boys and wow. all of those big artists in the in the late '80s, early 2000s.
1: And this was their first number one hit. Yeah. Jive Records. There you mm. go. There you so go. they hung in
2: there. <laughs> they
1: did. We were talking earlier. Maybe we, one day we need to do a, a Billy Ocean. Um, Featured artists Yeah, what's your
2: favourite Billy Ocean song?
1: You're putting me on the spot I am putting on
2: the spot Mine would be Loverboy, I think
1: I don't even know that song Great song Loverboy?
2: Loverboy Hmm. Which would I think was the follow up to this single Great song
1: Okay I'd have to go listen to his catalogue again Yeah, when the going gets tough Get Out of My Dreams This
2: Suddenly Oh, suddenly you wake up and you're in love
1: I do like when they go and get stuff. I remember dancing to that at a rock of once back in the 90s. You know? <laughs> As you do.
2: As you do. <laughs> uh, in 1985, Melba Moore recorded an answer song on her album Read My Lips entitled King of My Heart.
1: Say that again, what?
2: So she did, made an answer song, so which was in reply to this <gasps> oh. song, and it was called King of My Heart. Oh, cute. So she was saying, I'm the Caribbean Queen and you're the King of My Heart. There you go. Good, the, trying to, trying to, you know, get into his success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what answer <laughs> songs do.
1: Yeah. The video was a bit weird. Couldn't quite work that out.
2: Uh, there was a little bit of a mistake. We were just watching it before and it had on the wall, because they shot different video clips for each of the regions, but on the wall it said European Queen and mm. then it cut away at another shot. When it came back it said Caribbean Queen.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that was intentional or whether Maybe. it was an oversight. Maybe it was intentional. I feel like that could have been. I don't know. But yeah I Game of Thrones
2: out. had a, a Starbucks cup in it. You know? Well yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good song. Didn't like the film clip too much. Good, good great song.
2: song. Billy, absolute legend. Yep. All right, number 2, speaking of absolute legends, we have Mr. Stevie Wonder, who says that he's just called to say I love you.
0: I just called I just go to say how much I care. I just go to say I love you and I mean it from the bottom of my heart.
2: Last week the song was at one, it was its eleventh week in. It went to number one. In most places (laughs) Yeah There were so many I I couldn't write them down
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful song Timeless Yes Um, Very different to Stevie's earlier Controversially Well yeah Lots of his fans were very disappointed That he'd moved into this sort of Adult contemporary sound Very much slower than his You know Superstition
2: And higher ground And you know Funky stuff People get older Yeah You know, Yes he made Master Blaster Which was in the 80s That was great But then he was making this And well it was such a success Clearly it paid off And Stevie Wonder Did not listen to the criticism Because he loves this song And kept playing it Throughout his career
1: Yeah that's right He's always stood by it Um, I think it was originally written For a movie Called The Woman in Red Starring Kelly LeBrock And Gene Wilder
2: Yes Yes and uh, Dionne Warwick Was putting together The soundtrack And she asked Stevie Wonder to take part, and clearly he wanted to take part because he wrote seven songs for the film.
1: I think three of them he sang lead on, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And this was a big year for songs at the Oscars. Oh, my God, yes. It won Best Original Song, and it beat out Against All Odds, Footloose, Let's Hear It For The Boy, and Ghostbusters. It's the (sighs) only time in history where every song that was nominated had gone to number one on the US charts.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of those songs are just epic, like...
2: I could listen to any of those songs at any time.
1: Oh, God, you should come around here more often, I tell you what. My five-year-old son and Ghostbusters, he plays it on a daily basis. Oh, and he does his little white boy dancing moves. I movie. have freaking of ghosts. It's quite gorgeous, but anyway, Yay. I digress. Um, yeah, interesting when he accepted that award for... The, that he used this song, which is not a political song by yeah. any means. He... Um, Dedicated it basically to Nelson Mandela Who was of course in prison At that time over in South Africa Saying he would accept this On his behalf and then the next Day the South African government banned All his music um, Because you know Mandela was an enemy of the State and so they didn't like Stevie Wonder too much
2: Ban a blind man's songs
1: Yeah, But then he brought it out again When they you know musicians got Together uh, called Artists United Against Apartheid they released a song called "Sun City" and they did this big concert, um, and he opened the concert singing this yeah. song. Yeah, like, and, so and that be- was
2: a that was a great song. Uh, that was a great great stuff that they did with, with that as well. And that there's that great free Nelson Mandela song. Good yeah,
1: stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny how such a sweet little song became political.
2: And it's interesting that it's such a sweet song has caused controversy. It's caused lawsuits as well. Oh my
1: gosh! Yes. So in uh, October
2: 1985, the songwriters Lloyd. Chiati, Chiate, sorry Lloyd, uh, and Lee Garrett sued Stevie Wonder, claiming they wrote a song called Hello It's Me, I Just Called to Say in September 1976, and they played it for Wonder, who stole the title and chorus idea. In his testimony, Wonder claimed he wrote the chorus to I Just Called to Say I Love You in 1976 in July while returning home from a visit to his mother. Now, Garrett, did know Stevie Wonder. He co-wrote mm. Signed, Sealed, Delivered. He was a childhood friend. He dropped out of the lawsuit in 86. But Lloyd kept going. And in 1990, a jury ruled in favour of Wonder. And then he went into appeal and he lost again in 1992. So that would have been an expensive exercise. But mm. it then also caused controversy with the Oscars. <laughs> because... Songs have to be specifically written for the film to be eligible. And so since Wonder said he wrote much of the song in 1976, it put the eligibility in doubt, but no action was taken and he kept his awards.
1: Well, yeah, he deserves to keep the award because he said he didn't make the song, though he might have scribbled something down in 76. It's been sitting there in the drawer for a while. It's not until this movie came about that he was writing for, he went, "Oh, I, they, yeah, this could work," and he modernized it, he said, you know, and brought yeah, it and right.
2: writers do that all the time. Yeah. Like writers will write things down and will come back to it. Yeah. They have notebooks full and full of full of stuff. Yeah. And you so often hear about songwriters piecing together certain songs that they've written at 1920 and 38 to mm. make a song. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm glad they let him keep his award. He deserved it.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: He did this in Carpool Karaoke too with James Corden. Do you watch that Carpool I stuff? Have, yes,
2: I, I think I've seen this episode as well. I, I, I think I went on a bit of a YouTube frenzy and, and watched all the yeah. Carpool Karaoke. <laughs>
1: <carpool laughs> <carpool laughs> well, in the, he actually called James Corden's wife to serenade her with this song. Wouldn't that be cute?
2: That yes, if you weren't the wife, yeah. We, if Paul, your husband, did that for you, you'd be pretty happy, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just called to say Paul loves you. <laughs>
2: oh, there we go. We'll have to organise that. Yes, uh, please. wonder if you're listening? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes, please.
2: Let's move on to number one. Oh, I'm happy about this one.
1: <laughs> I wonder why you picked this year to chart feature this week because they're all great songs. <laughs> they are all number great.
2: one this week in Australia in 1984. It's Madonna. And like a virgin. Last week the song was at 2 It was its fourth week in It reached number 1 in Australia, Canada, Europe and the US And 3 in the UK Madonna's first number 1 Was it? Yes
1: Ah, Do you like this song?
2: I love this song
1: (laughs) That was a Trick question Of
2: course I knew do you, the answer uh, Do you love this song? Yes
1: I love this song I've always loved this song Back when I was a little girl I remember dancing around to this song Not knowing what a virgin was of course <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah great song Written by uh, Tom Kelly and Billy Steinberg
2: Yes who have written some very famous songs Including Eternal Flame, So Emotional, True Colours and Alone They yeah. write very well for women
1: Yes, good songwriting duo Yeah Apparently, um, Billy Steinberg, <laughs> I read that when he was writing this He was living on a farm or something with his dad And he said he remembered to writing the lyrics um, to this While driving in a red pickup truck that he owned And um, he'd been involved in a very emotionally difficult relationship that had ended And he'd met somebody new and he remembered writing that lyric About feeling shiny and new, making it through the wilderness Can you imagine some... <laughs> It, it sounds like some burly guy that's yeah. on a red pickup. I made it through the wilderness. Somehow I made Somehow it through. Made it
2: through.
1: <laughs> oh, and cute.
2: produced by the wonderful Niall Rogers, who did such a, a great job with this song. Uh, produced Madonna-
1: by? Huh? Really produced? You Get what? What do
2: you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> what? Whoa.
1: No, I know it says he produced it, but th- 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 as far as I'm aware, that the writers have had some issue a little bit with. Him taking as much credit as Whoa. he has for this song because apparently the demo that they sent Madonna and Niall, uh, her version is pretty much exactly the same. And that's really rare. You know, usually an artist and yeah. a producer will take it and do different things and play, but it's pretty much... Everything well, is the same. And so they found it funny that he, in some interviews, was taking as much credit as he was well, taking. Well, there you go.
2: Well, I'm going to say he, he changed up Madonna's approach and the fact that on her first album she used a lot of synths, probably because it was, it was sort of pieced together and it was they were doing that very cheaply, that first album. Mm. Uh, so they used real musicians uh, for this album
1: mm. uh, and
2: for this song, which was a, you know at that change of pace for uh, Madonna, which uh, really worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the whole album is, is really fantastic. But it was a very controversial song. So some Christian listeners felt the Madonna was mocking their faith by yep. having a song called Like a Virgin and that her name was Madonna. They thought that actually wasn't her name. They it thought is her of, name. Yes, but it actually <laughs> is. She was named after her, Madonna, her mother Madonna, who yeah. was also Madonna. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it was really interesting. the The song was really kept being put back. Because the first album just did better as, the t- as time went on More and more countries were discovering her The songs mm-hmm. were doing better Holiday and Lucky Star and Borderline Were all doing incredibly well on, on charts And it kept being pushed back Madonna was getting a little bit frustrated Because she wanted the new music to come out The first MTV Awards were in September 18, 1984 <laughs> They yeah. wanted her to sing one of the songs from the first album She said no, she's going to premiere like a virgin She did. And she did. It was just her on stage in a wedding dress rolling around the floor. There were stuffy executives in the front few rows who were not responding well to it. The songwriters who were worried because it kept being pushed back watched it on television and thought... We're done for. We're doomed. This This is is, terrible. This this is the worst thing to happen (laughs) to this song. It exploded.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, It was... That was a bit of a gamble, you know, to go on such a massive platform and perform a song that, yes, no one in the world has heard before. This is not one of your known ones. Yeah. And you're being very provocative on stage, shall we say. Uh, There was just a lot that could have gone wrong with that.
2: And that is the genius of Madonna. Yeah. Because she will always take a gamble on herself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she did that And she showed people What that MTV Awards could be Mm. And what it became years later And because if you think about Some of the most iconic performances ever At the MTV Awards Mm. They are Madonna there was yes. the Vogue performance. There was the one where she kissed Britney and Christina.
1: They sang this song. That was, this was part the, of they it. They
2: opened, yes. Britney yeah. came out
1: singing. Britney and Christina sang
2: this and yeah. then Madonna came out dressed as the groom.
1: And then pashed on with them both. Yeah,
2: and then sang her song Hollywood. That's awesome. And then Missy Elliott came out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, it. So, yeah, it really, well. really fantastic. But the, the songwriters actually credit this as being their most successful song, mm. even though they wrote like Eternal Flame and True Colours.
1: Yeah. Apparently Madonna wanted in on the writing credit, which was a bit
2: odd. Oh, that is through the history of time. Artists artists often get put on songs that they didn't write.
1: But why? I mean... It's
2: it's something that has just always happened with songwriting. I know currently in America there is a big uh, backlash and and songwriters are saying no to it. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's something that has always always happened.
1: Because I I don't think she was very happy (laughs) that they knocked that idea back. They said, no, we're just going to stay the writers, please. Because they actually met her um, years and years later back... In the Blonde Ambition days where she was dating Warren Beatty Her and Warren turned up to a party I don't know whose party, someone's And the two writers were there as well They'd never actually met Madonna Despite having this massive number one together You know, seven years earlier, six years earlier And so they met and someone introduced them Hey, you know, Madonna um, These are the guys that wrote Like a Virgin And Warren Beatty's, like, laughing, thinking, well, that's a joke. Like, surely they'd know each other. No, they didn't. And then they were like, oh, Madonna, so good to meet you. Like, I've been waiting for this one. And she's like, well, yeah, now you've met me. Bye. (laughs) She walks away. I think, uh, yeah. Because they never – that's the other weird thing. When you've got writers that have written you such a hit song, usually artists will go back and rework with these people, but she's never worked with them again. Like, never.
2: And, yeah. and you know, in, in her career, she has worked with a lot of writers again.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't don't just wonder.
2: Uh, and, and maybe they're the ones that have spoken the most about this song. Mm. So who knows if their variation of events is completely accurate? Because Noel Rogers and Madonna aren't talking about it. Yeah. So you don't know. But film clip quickly. We could, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> what a great music video. Directed by Mary Lambert, who has done some of Madonna's best music videos. She is a fantastic director, works with Madonna really well. Uh, in Venice. Yes. Just stunning visuals. Like this just really set the scene for her as a music video artist.
1: Yeah. It's a good video. At the lion. The lion. And, and that was part of it. Her Partner was dressed up in a Masquerade lion mask Apparently they had some issues though with the lion on set
2: Uh, You know that (laughs) happens If you want to put a lion on a set
1: (laughs) Well uh, all I've read And I won't go into detail but apparently um, The directors Discovered that you shouldn't put A lion on set with a lady Who's maybe on her period (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know exactly what happened but after reading that I'm like okay note to self Never go on a set with a live animal if I'm yeah,
2: at and the time I of think, the month Yeah, I think that's a, something for all of our listeners to know Yes, we can know.
1: take away that yeah. useful piece of information
2: Alright, well, what a great number one song Thank you Madonna, like a virgin Number one this week in
0: 1984 Forgotten gem.
2: It is our forgotten gem, and one of my good workmates, Leona, has recorded this time. Now, Emma, it was very funny. Hmm. When Leona joined my workplace, and we discovered that her old workmate was your mother-in-law.
1: Yes, I know. I feel like I know Leona, having never met Leona, but I really hi Leona. Like yeah. I really feel like I know you already.
2: Yeah, so it's funny. Yes, yeah, she was working with your mother-in-law. Yeah, and now yeah, because I added her on, on Facebook. My bestie, I'm like <laughs> I'm like, why? Is my
1: <laughs> we friend should know
2: each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I work with her at my eighty-eight. Uh, she often appears on air with me. Uh, so yes, so Leona. What song did you pick? Hi, my name is Leona Triggs and my forgotten gem is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. I love this song um because I love the movie. Uh when I was a teenager, I remember uh, watching this movie several times um and I don't know, I just I just loved it. Um and I love the reference that nothing's going to stop us now. Um you know, a few years back, uh so many people said that my life was pretty much over and I was like crazy for for actually uh, getting a divorce. Um so this song really um it gets me. Every time I hear it and I listen to it, I think, well, you know what? Back then, uh, many years ago, um, the song was really uh, made reference to me because nothing was going to stop me. Love the song. Um, my life is wonderful now. Hence, uh, I played this song at my wedding recently uh, to my beautiful wife, Nikki. Oh, that's lovely. And, you know, while some mightn't say it's a forgotten gem.
1: Yeah, I pretty- did I did wonder that a little bit. But, you know, it's. I guess it's not. Largely out there and,
2: Yeah You know yeah. But you know I'm, I'm going to accept it And that was a great story
1: Yes it was I love it when You know Music gets you through
2: Yeah stuff. Yeah 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 And Leona's wonderful So uh, And let me give some Chart facts On that song It reached three in Australia One in Canada The UK And the US mm. Big song And Madigan was a great film
1: I've not seen it. You've never seen Mannequin?
2: Never. Wow.
1: Kim Cattrall, right? Yeah. From Sex in the City. Yeah. yeah. I should watch it. No, I've never seen it. What's it about?
2: It is about a mannequin who comes to life.
1: Oh, she's the mannequin. Yeah. Fun. That sounds like a fun eighties movie. Oh, yeah. Watch it that really one is. rainy Sunday. It,
2: oh. it, it fits into that whole that whole sort of camp of eighties films, teen comedy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I watched them as teens when they were being played on television, and just always really enjoyed them.
1: It just made me think of like Baby Boom. You know the Diane, um, what's her name from Father of the Bride? Uh, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. The baby. Have you seen Baby Boom? That was like in the eighties. No, I haven't. I don't know that one. Just oh. Anyway, sorry, I'm just going off on tangents. I will Uh, watch Mannequin.
2: There you go. Now it was written by one of our favourites, the legend Diane Warren, and was her first US number one.
1: Yeah, that surprised me. Um, she'd already written hits for Laura Brennigan uh, with Solitaire, Debage, Rhythm of the Night. That didn't get to number one. No, though. I think it got yeah. close. didn't get
2: there,
1: though. Okay. Well, this definitely did. I mean, Starship, they had some great songs. We Built This City, obviously, is huge. But the... Uh, the, what I find fascinating, the only members of the group who actually participated in recording this song were the vocalists, Grace Slick and yep. Mickey Thomas, and the guitarist, Craig Chica, Oh, I'm sorry, Craig. I can't pronounce your last name. Craig. Craig. Guitarist Craig. Yep. Yes. So that's yes, because the, produ-
2: the great producer wanted to use his own musicians. Yeah. But the,
1: wouldn't you be a bit offended?
2: Probably. If oh, I, was, if I the, was the drummer, I'd yeah. be like, you're what I'd be
1: like, I can play this. This is our song. Yeah. We wrote, like, well,
2: we didn't write it, but
1: yeah. it's our song. Yeah. That, yeah, bit rich. But
2: it happened. But he was the massive producer at the time. He had just done How Will I Know for Whitney and Freeway of Love for Aretha. Yeah. Oh, all right. You weren't there
1: I know I just I think Don't They should have been for given other people. <laughs> An opportunity to play Rather than session artists But anyway That's just me
2: um, But he is quoted as saying I always dug that 60s thing With Grace Slick She's a very outspoken woman We're all from the Bay Area So it's like family I actually played the drums when I laid the track out. <laughs> well, drums. Uh, I got Grace to come in, <laughs> flipped it around, so instead of the low part, she wound up singing the highest parts. I gave her the highest part and she just killed it. That's when I realised realized it could be a smash. And when I got happy in the studio, she got happy.
1: Nice. You said just then Grace Slick is an outspoken human. Yes, that
2: she is. I love Grace Slick.
1: Well, apparently back in 2017, <laughs> some... Um, uh, Chick fil A, is that what an American. It is. It's a very fast controversial
2: fast food joint because they are known for giving money to very conservative politicians.
1: Yes. And they'd come out and said, you know, some stuff that didn't please her about, you know, anti LGBTQI, you know, stuff. She accepted money from them, however, to, to basically say, yes, use our song in your advertising at the Grammy Awards. And so they paid and they used their song in the Grammy Awards. And then Grace Slick turns around, gives all that money to uh, Lambda, which uh, Lambda Legal, sorry, which is a civil rights organization that focuses on the LGBTQI community. And so in your face, Chick-fil-A.
2: Yeah, that that is just really awesome. Uh, That's the way to do it, really. Imagine how angry they would have been.
1: Yes, that their money has yeah gone has gone to to who they've spoken out against. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. love it, love it.
2: <laughs> I know, like when you you know when I've been to America and there's a certain fast food joints I wanted to try, Chick Fil A has not been one of them.
1: No, won't be on my hit list. No, either. no, no,
2: no, no. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so the movie Mannequin. Uh, so the, the they were commissioned the songwriters, or Don Warren and Albert Hammond, to write the song for the wedding scene, uh, and they absolutely loved it, uh, and it received a nomination for best original song. You would imagine that that would win normally. Yeah. And then when I was like, I wonder what it lost to, and then I looked up. What was it? Time of your life from.
1: Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, tough competition From Dirty Dancing of Yeah, course. I was like As
2: soon as I read that I went, okay, I get it Because yes. <laughs> otherwise I, I was getting angry for them Without even looking And then I went, no, no Yeah,
1: yeah Oh, well, there you go
2: Yeah, thank you, Leona Fantastic choice from you
1: This is a flashback A blast From the past yesterday, yesterday, yesterday,
0: yesterday.
2: What the world needs now is love.
1: Sweet love.
2: <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. Love is the best. Yeah. Emma, last time the classic theme was chosen, a song with love in the title. Are you loved up? I'm loved up. Okay, good. Yeah. It's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Oh. So what song did you pick?
1: So I picked Loveful by the Cardigans. Loveful is a song written by Peter Svensson and Nina Pearson for Swedish rock band The Cardigans' third studio album, First Band on the Moon. It was released as the album's lead single in late 96 and was initially a hit in Europe, reaching number 15 on the Swedish singles chart and peaking at number 21 on the UK chart. However, when reissued in 1997, following its use in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, it achieved international success and climbed to number two in the UK, uh, number one in New Zealand, number 11 here in Australia, and number one in the US. Int- oh, the, the US airplay charts, I should say. Yes, because interestingly, it was prevented from ever appearing in the US Hot 100, due to rules in place at the time, stipulating that singles not made commercially available in the US were ineligible to chart. Those rules were later changed in like '98, but yeah, I, and yeah,
2: because of Spotify now, anything has the chance.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it possibly would have done better in the US had it, yeah, had yeah. the rules been different. Um, and this is this is one of our songs on our theme on our opener yeah. for this podcast. I like this song. I've always liked this song. You're looking like you don't like this song. No, 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 I do. I love it. You're looking at me
2: with this... Was, no, we were just talking about things. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love God. this song. I've always loved the song. I think it's a great song.
1: Excellent. Glad to hear it. So this was the song that propelled them, of course, to international stardom. Um, and Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I mean, it takes a great movie to sometimes propeller song did you like the movie
2: I, I did at the time i feel like i haven't watched it since probably i went sort of i think i bought the dvd when it first came out i probably watched it once and then i've never watched it again
1: i feel like, shakespeare i feel
2: like yes it's you know like work. being an actor obviously i've i you know i appreciate shakespeare yes. i've been in shakespeare I've, I've acted in shakespeare and then every man and their dog has been in a shakespeare play and i've had to see so much shakespeare the last shakespeare i saw you were in <laughs> um, and I just, I'm just done. I just, I can't anymore. I'm sorry Aww. to all the actors who thinks that Shakespeare is new and think that they're reinventing the wheel. No, no, no.
1: one's saying Shakespeare is new, but no, there but are new like, oh ways God, to approach i Oh my God, we've done this really
2: crazy, amazing th- reproduction of Shakespeare and I watch it and I go... It's the same stuff I've seen. Anyway, that's a my statement oh, for later. I'm, I'm just, I can't watch Shakespeare anymore. I'm just done. Note
1: to everyone worldwide, don't invite Wayne along to your new I, Shakespeare I won't idea. go. I, I won't. I'll come. Good. I've done all female Shakespeare's. I've done... Uh, no, I won't talk about all the Shakespeare's I've done anyway. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> Barring Shakespeare from down the road. Uh. <laughs> oh,
1: stop. Um, it was written... By uh, Nina, who was the singer. She wrote the lyrics, I believe, and guitarist Peter Svensson wrote the music to this. Apparently she wrote the lyrics while she was, like, sitting in an airport or something waiting for a plane and then he wrote the song in his little tiny room he remembers fondly. He's actually come out and said, to me this song is still that moment when I wrote it in a small room sitting on on my bed in our hometown – it was supposed to be some kind of bossa nova. Totally different song, slow and mellow and sad. However, the production on it, though, and the disco drums made it all shinier. Yeah.
2: yeah. And Nina is quoted as saying, uh, because apparently the lyrics came quite easily to her while mm. she was writing. She's quoted as saying, I do find that the biggest hits are the ones that are easiest to write. Mm. Uh, And they
1: often are They often are Gosh we've about about many
2: Yeah you hear about people just write like you know Don't even just write the song and it just ends up It just clearly was being met It was meant to be made Yeah And you know it really did change everything for the band Yes Because suddenly they had a worldwide audience that they didn't have before Because it's funny to think that this is from their third album Totally Uh, And here for us in Australia we didn't know them No not at all Uh, And then suddenly, yeah, they they had more hits You know, they had that great game Sorry, that great song, my favourite game They had that great duet with uh, Tom Jones, Burning Down the House
1: I loved that song That was
2: such a good cover
1: Oh my (laughs) gosh, that was so much fun Are they still going now? I don't Don't know No, I have a feeling not Hmm. Actually, no, I think I saw somewhere they are Like they disbanded for a while, I think Back like 10, 15 years ago But now they might still be doing stuff Anyway Apparently uh, Nina Pearson (laughs) She wasn't a singer before even joining the band She just got dragged along to an audition As you do, you know Yeah Auditioning for people She knew one of the guys He's like, come along And so at her audition, get this she's like okay i'll do this it's fine but just can no one look at me please because i can't have people watching while i sing (laughs) and so they all had to like move to different rooms or avert their eyes and apparently magnus i think he was quoted as saying he went to get coffee around the corner in the kitchen and he was listening and was like it took him 30 seconds to go yep she's our girl
2: she's the one yeah
1: (laughs) Um, now The
2: the song has been used in other uh, movies and TV shows as well actually quite a lot mm. It was in Cruel Intentions in 1999 And also they performed the song uh, in a graduation episode of uh, 90210
1: Oh my gosh you just brought up 90210 I love that show God I loved that show <laughs> Did you love that show? I did. I yes. did. Yes.
2: Originally, and then it sort of went down.
1: Oh down. no, we don't yeah. like the remake. Like no,
2: no, but even just towards the end, after you know a lot of the main characters started leaving, that's when it mm. wasn't as good anymore.
1: Yeah, true, true. But oh, nine hundred two one zero and Cruel Intentions, great movie.
2: Yeah, great movie. What,
1: who was that? Sarah Sarah Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller, Ella, Ryan yes. Phillippe, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, oh,
2: great. And Joshua movie. Jackson. Yeah, great film.
1: Yes. So, you know, I I picked this for no other big reason other than the fact that I just really enjoy the song. I remember the time. I remember loving it. This is back when I was 20, turning 21. This was massive.
2: Yeah.
1: I remember where I lived with my boyfriend at the time and just jumping around like maniacs. Yeah, love me, love me. Loving life, you know. Good memories, good Good, times.
2: Good times. (laughs) All right, well, you went for good times. Yes. I didn't. No, you didn't. I went for slow and sad. (laughs) What does that say about us? (laughs) The song that I picked was Bonnie Raitt's "I Can't Make You Love Me." I fell in love for the first time in 1996 the problem he wasn't in love with me that's happened many times over the years but I'm not going to dwell on that now he lived in Broken Hill and visited for a week where we had an intense and torrid week and (laughs) then he went home I remember this song became my anthem for how I was feeling and it ran through my head that final night Bonnie Ray is one of the finest vocalists ever and this song along with something to talk about it are her finest works the song didn't actually fare very well in Australia, only reaching 77. It got to 50 in the UK and 18 in the US, but it became a big favourite over the years, particularly with musicians, and it is just a stunningly beautiful song.
1: It did become a favourite, didn't it? There's it has a been a lot covered of people by everyone. talk about this song and how wonderful it is. I mean, Adele recently covered it, or fairly recently, you know. Yeah, a few our...
2: years ago now, but yes, Adele okay. did it. Yeah.
1: Um, George Michael. I'm surprised you didn't pick his version therefore.
2: But the original version is, is the best. Oh right. I just okay. I love I just voice. know what a
1: George Michael fan I, I like, know,
2: so. I know, I love George, but her voice, just the raspy quality in her voice mm. just suits it perfectly. It's mm. also been done by Boys to Men, Prince, Nancy Wilson, Priyanka Chopra, and our own Kate Sobrano
1: Kate Sobrano, there you go. Um, and fun,
2: Actually while we're talking about George Michael So introducing the song in his 1996 MTV Unplugged special George Michael said This next song is one of my favourite songs ever Written Actually I'm not sure who wrote it But it's sung by a wonderful lady called Bonnie Raitt And Mike Reed who co-wrote the song Thought it was pretty funny And it worked in his favour As many listeners then went on to check To see who did write the song
1: Yeah <laughs> That's terrible when you're caught off guard And you're like I've written,
0: Oh, I oh don't my
2: know god, god I don't, don't
1: know <laughs> Oh dear it's an, it's you know yeah it's a really sad premise and about a woman who knows her man has lost interest and wants to spend one more night before they yeah say goodbye. Lay, lay
2: down with me tell me no lies just hold me close and don't patronise oh yeah.
1: but apparently <laughs> one of the songwriters uh, Mike Reed in fact he said he got the idea from a newspaper article about a guy who got drunk and shot up his girlfriend's car. Now that sounds weird, but basically when the judge sentenced him and asked him what he'd learned, the guy said, "You can't make a woman love you if she don't." <laughs> so, you know, so true. The judge was probably expecting something along the lines of, "Yeah, don't shoot stuff because I'm angry. You yeah. know, like I've learned my lesson. I can't take out my anger in violence. But yeah. no, the lesson he took away was you can't make a woman love you if she
2: don't. And you know what? That's an important lesson for everyone. <laughs> if everyone understood oh. that, the world would be a better place. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. this song is most likely the most popular song written by an, uh, an all-pro NFL star. Co-writer Mike Reed was a star defensive tackle at Penn State And was drafted 7th overall by the Cincinnati Bengals in 1970 It's the most sport we've ever talked He made two (laughs) Pro Bowls before quitting football in 1975 So he could pursue music It was a good career move He became a top songwriter in Nashville And also a prominent artist With a number one country hit Walk on Faith in
1: 1990 Mm, There you go A man of many talents (laughs) obviously I'd uh, yeah, that's a weird crossover. Kratos, it really
2: good Kratos. on him, I say. Good on him, and clearly he had the talent because it's an exquisitely beautiful song.
1: Yeah, originally written with Linda Ronstadt in mind.
2: Yeah, and I could hear Linda Ronstadt singing yes. it, but I just think it really suits Bonnie the style of her voice. Mm. Do you know Bonnie's something to talk about it? No. Let's give them something. Oh, the to top yes, I, of that. I know
1: that song. That's Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. Okay, because I didn't, like, when I hear the name Bonnie Raitt, forgive me, Bonnie, like, I. I we. I,
2: She's a fan of the podcast, so.
1: <laughs> In Australia, I don't know. Was she that She big? She,
2: she wasn't. And, and this became, for me, I know this stuff because of when I was a kid and mm. I would listen to the American Top 40 of an after Sunday Instead afternoon when I do my homework party, yeah. and so I fell in love with groups like or people like Bonnie Raitt uh because of hearing them on that.
1: Because I was so surprised. I went and looked her up going, "What don't you know, Emma? Like I should know this lady because she won four Grammy awards back in 1990. She's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in the year 2000, I think. Like she's she was a big deal. Yeah. And somehow we kind of missed out on that here in Australia. Stupidly. Well, it happens, Whoa. and so I'm sorry that I did. But yeah, I don't know a lot of her stuff.
2: Yeah, but I, I, I really love this song. It, it, mm. it makes me feel quite emotional. Um, I feel it deep in my waters, as Kath and Kim would say. Um, and yeah, I just lyrically, it is perfection. And her, the raspy quality of her voice just makes my heart sing and break.
1: All at the same time. All
2: at the same time. <sighs>
1: Well, I guess it's the best way for your heart to break in while it's singing.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, that is our final classic theme for the year.
1: <gasps> oh, until Ooh. next year maybe. Yes, Let's yes. see what happens there. It was yes. a nice one to end on. It I think.
2: was a nice one to end it on.
1: Five, four, three, two,
0: one. the final
2: and Emma our last artist feature for the year. Yeah. And we saved a special one for last for the year.
1: We did. <laughs>
2: Tina Turner, legend. Yeah. And I feel like legend is even too small of a word to use.
1: Yeah, she's um she's massive and she's been through so much as well. Yes. Has been part of the industry since what, the early what, six, six, was it 60s yeah, or it 70s? 60s, yeah. 60s yeah. they came into play. Yeah. What a woman.
2: What a woman. All right, let me give you the facts. Anna Mae Bullock was born in Nutbush, Tennessee. But when she changed her name to Tina Turner, she became one of the biggest artists ever. She rose to prominence as the lead singer of the iconic Tina Turner Review with some iconic tunes. After a terrible marriage breakup, she relaunched her career in the 80s as a solo artist with huge success. She is the first black artist and first female to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. She's won 12 Grammys and sold over 100 million albums.
1: Wow. A hundred million albums. Yeah.
2: And yes, and first woman and first black artist on the cover of Rolling Stone.
1: Yeah. Good honor. Legend. Total legend. All
2: right. Well, let's get into the top five. And there were so many votes and I'm actually a little shocked by some of the results.
1: Okay Uh,
2: Was not what I was expecting So uh, here we go Mm -hmm. At five Was the fourth single from Private Dancer It reached 28 in Australia 45 in the UK And five in the US It's Better Be Good To Me Four was the first single from Break Every Rule. It reached 20 in Australia, 33 in the UK, and two in the US. It's typical male. Three was the first single from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome soundtrack. I think you might know what it is. One in yeah. Australia, Canada, Germany, and Switzerland. Three in the UK, and two in the US. It's We Don't Need Another Hero. We don't need. Two was the first single from Foreign Affair. Four in Australia, five in the UK and 15 in the US. It's The Best.
0: best And at number
2: one. Third single from Private Dancer, one in Australia, Canada, and the US, and three in the UK. What's Love got to do with it? Uh. Yes.
1: I'm surprised by an omission.
2: <laughs> what were you surprised by?
1: There's no private dancer. Six. Oh,
0: every <laughs> time, Wayne.
1: And every I think, time. And
2: I think because, you know, we have so many international friends on Twitter, which is why songs like uh, Better Be Good To Me, which only got to 28 in Australia, and Typical Mile, which only got to 20, uh, they're here because our international friends... Like them Because they did better in, in you know 5 and 2 In the US respectively
1: Yeah Okay Better Be Good To Me Is a good
2: song it, Oh They're great song Actually yeah. funny And Typical Male I only really got into it This year Because of working At My 88 We play that song a lot
1: I don't know that song We'll
2: play it afterwards It is a really I think you would actually Really love it So we're okay. going to play it later Yep yeah. Um Fantastic tune! It's a really great tune, and and I was surprised when the votes kept coming in and people were voting for it. Like, ah, oh, I know many people mightn't vote for it, but I'm going to vote for Typical Mark because I love it. And then all these people were voting. And there for you it. go, top four. Yeah. Uh, wow. So um, I'll read the rest of the top ten. Yeah. Six, Private Dancer. Mm. Seven, What You Get Is What You See. Eight, Golden Eye. Ah, oh, yeah. Nine, I Don't Want to Fight, which I love. Uh, and ten, When the Heartache Is Over.
1: Nice. So nice. what's your
2: favourite Tina song?
1: Um, look, I, at, risk being, so <laughs> at risk of being... so many. At risk of being cliché. Oh, actually, no. Because I really love Private Dancer. Yeah. Well, that's up at uh, kind of equal. One, two... Is what's love got to do with it, private dancer kind of territory. And yes, the best as well. Yeah, Because I grew up in Australia where that song was like the theme song for the rugby for like ever. The
2: same as what, because the first year it was what you get is what you see. And there was like the the ad which had rugby league players with no shirts on running around (laughs) and Tina Turner. You know, as a growing boy, I appreciated that.
1: Uh, (laughs) I just, you're simply the best. Yeah, it's a good song.
2: And then she redid it with Jimmy Barnes later as well.
1: Oh, did she? Yes. There you go. There you
2: go. Um, for me, oh, so there's four songs that are right up there for you me. You can name four. Why I'm not? Gonna, I'm going to. Uh, do <laughs> we Don't Need Another Hero, What's Love Got To Do With It, Private Dancer, and I Don't Want to Fight. Yeah. I really love I Don't Want to Fight because I remember it came out uh, around the time of the movie What's Love Got To Do With It with Angela Bassett. I saw it at the cinema, loved the film. That song came out and it sort of gave it a new meaning and I really loved it nice nice i actually watched yesterday the tina documentary which is on foxtel in australia it's called tina yeah it was out last year and it was almost two hours and this beautiful documentary on her life she speaks a lot of people close to her spoke and just really showed what a hard life that she had had Mm. and what a wonderful woman she is Mm. And the fact that she pretty much made this documentary as a way of saying thank you and goodbye to her fans.
1: Oh, it's so sad.
2: And just the scenes at the end, and I'm getting emotional again thinking about it, when she was walking into uh, the opening night of the musical of What's Love Got to Do With It? And on one side, she's got her husband. On the other side, she's got Oprah Winfrey and she's going through the crowd and everyone's screaming and, and shouting how much they love her. And she was just... Getting emotional because you know As he her, would. This As was would. yeah, and then and then she came on stage at the end of the end of the play, and she's standing there between the Tina and the Ike. It was really funny. The Ike went to grab her hand, and she did not take his hand. Oh dear! <laughs> oh no! Uh, and you could see for that moment. Then she turned it back on, and she was she was that icon again on on a stage. And just if you if you get a chance, see that documentary. It is beautiful.
1: I will. I I love a good documentary, as yeah. you know. Um, also a good biopic. I mean, she had the biopic done yes. years ago, Tina. Um, Which
2: she said she could never watch.
1: No, she's never watched that because yeah. of, you know, she doesn't want to go back to that place and see the stuff that they pro- yeah. portrayed correctly, you know, of what did go on.
2: And people kept talking about Ike. Mm. Even after... So she originally came forwards to say what happened with Ike yep. as a way of stopping people asking her about it.
1: Yeah, saying, look, I'm laying it all out on the table. Yep. It's there. Please don't ask me he again. He
2: was abusive and horrible. Yeah. Please don't talk about it. And then for years afterwards, that's all that people would ask her about. Yeah. And she is more than Ike Turner. She oh. made Ike Turner.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't see him getting biopics made. Yes, yeah. Yep. You know, like she sorry, is just, Ike.
2: And her voice is ridiculous and as an untrained singer as well Like she just un- Is she an untrained she singer? She is an untrained singer She just would open her mouth and this stuff would come out
1: Yeah, wow Wow
2: Because even like her bigger song, What's Love Got To Do With it. it It was originally done by Bucks Fizz and Oh,
1: we listened to that earlier It was not a It was a good song yeah. Perhaps not done Yeah, as it well. was fine Yeah
2: And and but yes, she did. She heard it, and she did not want to do it. Her Aussie manager was like, "Just give it a go. Go into the studio with the songwriter. (laughs) Give it a go." And she's like, "I hate this song. I hate it. I hate." Because she wanted to be, she wanted to do rock,
0: Mm. uh,
2: and she thought it's a pop song. Uh, And she went into the studio, and they worked on it, and they just created this magic. Because you know, against all odds, her record, like she she was nearly in her fifties. She was in her like in her mid forties when this came out. She was not meant to be have this solo career. Her record label didn't want her. They basically said, you know what? You can release one album. We're going to give you no support whatsoever.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that you're bloody...
2: My age and yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then she gets to have a career Like yeah. it's and not over if you haven't You know done whatever you've wanted to Do by the age of 45
2: Yeah and you know and it sold 20 yeah. million uh, 20 million albums and you know when She was when she first sort of Met with her manager Roger Davies Great Aussie guy uh, he said to her What do you want mm. and she said I want to sell out a stadium I want to do what the Rolling Stones do mm. And they did it
1: Good on her. And she found love again. Like she's married to a beautiful guy who apparently, you you know, sad story. Back in 2016, she was diagnosed with a cancer. Yeah. And um, she'd tried homeopathic remedies and treating things and kidney failure happened. All of this stuff. She actually was considering assisted suicide for, for a while there until her beautiful husband... Uh, donated a kidney to her What a gift Like what a pair now Like she's gone from that to this Like, oh.
2: And they love each other And you see that in the so documentary well as well Like he gets interviewed And she talks about meeting him as well mm. uh, And just how they fell in love And it's just a really beautiful story And it was really lovely to see That she has found peace Because mm. uh, even her upbringing terrible upbringing abandoned by her parents
1: yeah she kind of lived with grandparents i think yeah family yeah she's i mean god if that's not an inspirational tale i don't know what is
2: yeah and you know really is and so yes i'm gonna say that everyone go out and watch that tina documentary it will just blow your mind i sat and watched it yesterday afternoon before i had to go teach i'm like i want to watch it before (laughs) before Mm. we do the podcast i just loved it
1: yeah i'm gonna watch it as soon as i can i don't have foxtel but i'll find a way yeah
2: yeah, good 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 good. (laughs) um all right so we've got one more episode for the year
1: oh yes oh
2: actually i gave you the dice but i don't need to worry about the dice um yes so we're going to feature some christmas songs for the top five and then for instead of classics like we did last year you and i will pick our favorite song of 2021
1: Ooh, exciting. And we're
2: also going to ask our listeners to vote on their favourite song of 2021 and that will be our final episode for the year. We're going
1: to go do a countdown of the listeners' favourite 2021 songs. That's
2: right. This is... Well, we did that last year. This is
1: fabulous. We? Yeah, that no, was fun. I'm excited. It was good. Yeah.
2: All right, well, I guess we're going to go listen to... What song are we going to go? Oh, we're going to go listen to some typical Mile by Tina Turner.
1: Yes, please. All right, thanks for listening.
2: Bye-bye.